Hi, this is Ben Bova. I've written a lot of science fiction, and I think that I've devoted my life to trying to understand the opportunities and the dangers of the future. And if you listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, you'll begin to understand a lot of that, too. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. From the Moist Talet Exchange Club on Sublevel 3C, deep in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 323, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Doused in a bottle of inexpensive generic Yo-Karate cologne, I am the Dome. <clears throat> Joining the TalkCast tonight, some of the rest of the Gang of Four, Gang of Five, depending on the day, in the action TARDIS renewal plant, our technical anarchist, button-pushing, keyboard-clacking, sonic screwdrivering girl genius, this week, arguing with a keyboard, it's Kriana. Shut up, I'm on a mission. <laughs> From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons Coast Card card catalog, she befriends robots all along the east coast of the United States, unfriending metahuman Facebook stalkers. Welcome, Sombrarian. Kriana, that's like guessing that Abraham Lincoln is one of someone's heroes. It's uh, like, it's so generic as to be unfair. That's true. So did I just miss a message that, uh, uh, no, there he is. Oh, good. Returning yeah. from night training at the Pennsylvania knockoff pop rock and roll hall of fame. The man who asked me just the other day, don't, I'm tired. I'm so damn tired. Please. Please, I'm so tired. Our Midwestern correspondent, the guy who likes shiny stuff, it's a wake by job. Do you write one of those every week on the off chance that he shows up? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I also change yours and Zombrarian's a little bit every week I as well. I know. I know. <laughs> but yes, but I do. Java, how are you, my friend? Um, I'm fine. My, my children are screaming in the background. Aww. Oh, cool. Aw, little beans. <laughs> All the yes, they are. <laughs> I'm gonna go take care of that. <laughs> All right. Good luck. If you don't come back, oh, oh, oh I found it at the party. <laughs> I I think I found it. Mm -hmm. Our guest tonight is Anthony Rutgazer from somewhere in Canada. Anthony, welcome to the show. Somewhere, I'm from Toronto, the center. Not just the the, the most important city in Canada. Toronto is the center of the known universe. Ah, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, Anthony, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, it's it's a typical night for us. We're sitting around drinking, and and we want to talk uh, about a bunch of stuff tonight. But as far as you're concerned, yep. we'd like to talk about uh, your Kickstarter for the first hero Wednesday's child. But before we Very talk good. about the Kickstarter itself, talk about the the whole first hero storyline 
Okay, well, uh, the, the premise is at once simple and complex. What a pretentious thing to say. Uh, <laughs> um, in the first hero, everybody who gets superpowers goes insane. Uh, so superpowers are outlawed. If you manifest superpowers, the government hunts you down and removes you from society. Uh, until our main character, Jake Roth, comes along. Uh, Jake manifests superpowers, but he doesn't lose his mind. And in the story, he has to decide what he's going to do next. He's either going to use his powers to help people, but put himself at risk of being hunted down, or he's going to try and keep his powers a secret, and uh, he'd be watching innocent people be hurt all around him every day. And this storyline, uh, this this series of stories and books, you've been writing for about a year. No, no. Uh, this is the this is the third year. Uh, we've been putting out a oh. volume a year with uh, Action Lab, and Wednesday's Child is Volume Three. Volume One was 2014. That was the monster. Volume Two was last year. And uh, that was uh, Fight for Your Life. And this is Volume 3, Wednesday's Child. Now, when you started doing this series, did you do it all through Kickstarter? Because I know you did one other Kickstarter in the first year. Yeah, um, the, actually, the, the first volume, uh, Volume 1, The Monster, was done through Indiegogo. Because at the time, we were, uh, like I said, I'm based in Toronto. And at the time... Kickstarter didn't accept uh, Canadian uh, campaigns, oh. and it was they were they were working on it. Uh, They've been working on it for a few years, and they they finally got it done. Probably, probably about a month or so after uh, our Indiegogo campaign ended. Uh, but I wasn't looking to wait. Uh, that long, so we we did we did volume one through Indiegogo, and then last year for volume two we switched over to Kickstarter. Why did Why didn't you stay with Indiegogo? Just wondering. Uh, well, uh, it's the reason it, it, it's the reason that you buy Kleenex or you buy Jello or you buy Q-tips, even though what you want you're is to have a great night. Also, if you if you would wait if you would give me a second you'll understand no because i understand are, what you were saying but what is she saying okay that was know, scary <laughs> she's saying she's saying she's got a big weekend plan evidently um, and her but, wife but, is no, not no, in on these like, plans Things, things like things like Kleenex, Jello, Q-tips. Those are those are brand names Jergens, that have no. that have uh, gone beyond their product and become uh, the word for that item. People don't say gelatin dessert; they say Jello. Whether you're buying a craft brand product or not, Kickstarter people talk about campaign uh, uh, crowdfunding as kickstarting. So you're I, I you're going to get. I hear up in Canada that actually cheap macaroni and cheese is always called craft dinner. Is okay. That true? So so what we've now learned is that all you know about for, uh, Canada came from South Park cartoons. <laughs> I didn't know that was on South Park actually. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, cra- we talk about craft dinner. Yeah, so, uh, I, I only know that because uh, of bare naked ladies, so Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well they okay. they are awesome, so that's acceptable. So the yeah, good apparently thing- not apparently not more awesome than cocaine because because Stephen Page would have rather had cocaine than stay oh, in the band. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, hey, evidently look, so. I, choices. I'm not right? the one who brought up in the bare naked ladies. <laughs> the most polite cocaine users you've ever met. <laughs> so, Anthony, the bottom yeah. line is you've now had three crowd, two crowdfunding projects that have brought your first two books out. You're working yeah. on the Kickstarter for your third, which, by the way, is going really well at this point. Yeah, uh, we're up to, uh, as of about a half hour ago, I think we're up to 28 or 29%, and it's as we're recording this, it's day two. Right. So, so yeah, um, quite well. Yeah. But, I mean, you know what? Uh, you can't just put something on Kickstarter and then, you know, kick back in your easy chair and expect it to be funded. You you, you know, you've got well, you you to keep your... <laughs> you can. You can. It does not work, though. Well, listen, if you want it to get funded, you can. And... <laughs> Uh, and, and that, and I'm not, I certainly am not, uh, easing up on, on, on the, the, the gas here. I want to, and it's not just about the Kickstarter. It's about the book. It's about, uh, getting the book, getting the first hero in front of more people's eyes. And if, uh, listeners for sci-fi Saturday night want to find, uh, you know, a good new comic to read. I'd like to be the one that brings it to them. There you go. What, what, it's interesting when I read your biography, if mm-hmm. I may. <laughs> you, you certainly may. You, you, you are now a comic book writer. In yes. a previous lifetime, you have been a stand-up comedian. A many, many comedian, moons ago, yeah. A yeah. pop culture blogger and a professional yeah. wrestler. Yes. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> that that's a nice diverse set of skills you've got there. <laughs> uh, I don't know about skills, but experiences at least. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I started doing stand up when I was uh, eighteen years old. So m- before probably most of the people hosting the show were born. Probably. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I um, here in Toronto. Uh, because it's the hub of the country, you know, talent comes here from Vancouver and from Calgary and Edmonton and from Halifax to the East, because this is the entertainment capital of the country. This is where you're going to have your best chance to be seen. So you get the best talent from across the country that ends up here. And that was, uh, I, I was a stand up comic for a few years but, you know, when, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old and, and they want you to follow a young Russell Peters, uh, you, you find yourself maybe rethinking the, the comedy career pretty quickly. So there, were, there, there, was, there was just so much talent. And I realized that for me, I'd rather, uh, I was better telling a story than I was 
you know, hitting setup punchline, setup punchline. And that's when I, I, I started uh, doing more radio and eventually uh, bouncing around a couple of radio stations for a little while uh, here and in the States. And uh, then started a podcast, the Handsome Genius Club radio show, which I did for, uh, for a couple, three years. And, uh, and that's why, I mean, you know, when, when I have something to promote, like, you know, the first year of Wednesday's child, I, I like to seek out shows like sci-fi Saturday night because, you know, I've been there, I've done that. And I appreciate, uh, the medium and the people who are taking the time to produce a show. like this. So where did, thank you, by the way, <laughs> but you're welcome. Where did the whole comic thing come from? How did that start for you? Uh, and that started for me in in uh, in, in high school, well, maybe before high school, middle school. I was in grade six, seven, eight. I had friends. I lived in an apartment building in Scarborough, Ontario, one of the uh, suburbs just east of downtown Toronto. And, and I had friends who got me into comics. The first comic book I ever bought with my own money was Wolverine Number 1 by Miller and Claremont. Uh, and as soon as I... I saw that as soon as I read that, it was, it was like, wow, this is fantastic. I fell in love with the medium and, and I wanted to do it, uh, myself. And I, you know, like a lot of, like a lot of kids, uh, I had a group of friends who shared the similar interest and we started making up our own characters and our own stories. Uh, I went to college for animation because it was the closest thing I could find to comic books. And then in the mid-90s, I actually went to San Diego four years in a row, hoping to break in as a writer, and not knowing my head from a hole in the ground. I figured I'd walk around San Diego, put a script under my arm, and I'd get a job by osmosis. And, it didn't work uh, out, huh? <laughs> it did not work out. But I, I met some good friends there. One of, one of the people that I met my first night in San Diego, like really honestly the first person I met and said hello to in San Diego in 93, back in 93 was a fellow that you might know by the name of Lee Motor and uh, Lee has been Lee was already drawing Wonder Woman at that time for DC and, and over the years he's worked on a number of books, Legion of Superheroes uh, Stars and Strike uh, he, did a, he did a book at Image a couple of years ago called Shinku um, and Lee and I became friends, and we've been, you know, he's, he's one of the best friends I've ever had, uh, and we're still friends to this day. And uh, a few years ago, I was unhappy with my day job, and I decided I needed a creative outlet. I decided to start writing again. And it was just after one of the Fan Expo Canada conventions here in Toronto, and I went to visit some friends, and I decided, that's, you know, I, why did I give up on that dream? And I decided to start writing again, and I came up with the idea that became the first hero, and I basically called Motor, and I said, I've got this idea, and you're going to draw it, right? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, right there. And, well, it's fantastic, you know, to have that kind of, you know, firepower on your side. Lee, uh, Lee did the original designs and helped me edit the original scripts for uh, the first hero. Uh, but that's when he and Ron Marth got uh, their deal for Shinku, and he had to drop off the book, and I had to find a new artist, and eventually I ended up with uh, Philip Seavey, who is doing uh, Tomb Raider for Dark Horse now. Um, 
the first hero volume one was his first published comic book work. And, uh, but you know, I just, I can't, I can't say enough that, you know, if you want to do a thing, do it, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be a professional level, but if you want it to be, you can get there. You know, if you are, I tell kids all the time talking about how, uh, how I went from, you know, years ago dreaming about being a writer to actually now in the last few years doing it is there are people out there and especially in a field like comic books, because, you know, those people know about that dream of seeing comic books as they were a kid and, and growing into something. There are people that if you ask politely enough and you're sincere, they'll sense that and they're willing to give you advice. They're willing to help. And that's what made a big difference for me, you know, four or five years ago is uh, the difference between the mid nineties and five years ago was knowing people who had done it, had done it successfully and knowing that um, if, if I was sincere and asked politely enough, they would, they would give me the advice to help me do it as well. Now, when you were at San Diego and you met him for the first time, San Diego was a much smaller event then. Yeah, yeah. In the mid-90s, we, uh, and, and my numbers might be slightly wrong here, but for, I went from uh, 93 to 96, those four years. And the numbers of the attendees went from about 35,000 to about 50,000, I think. Right. So somebody, somebody is already on Wikipedia and they're going to tell me I'm wrong. But, and we um, don't care because facts aren't important. <laughs> we know better than that. Yeah, truthiness. So, um, but, you know, it went from 35 to 50,000 people. And I remember walking around with Motor in 95 and 96 saying, uh, walking around the convention saying, it can't get bigger than this. I mean, this is how, <laughs> how huge is. And now, you know, the last decade, the number is the, the attendees are capped at 130,000. You know, I've been at conventions now, uh, Fan Expo uh, here in Toronto, uh, New York Comic Con the last few years, where numbers are over 140, 150,000 for four days. It's, it's insane. And, um, you know, Comic-Con's evolved from what they were. It's more a thing like Fan Expo or New York Comic-Con, especially San Diego, is more of a pop culture convention now. And it's, uh, it's more of a uh, corporate event than it is individual yeah. artists and writers. But well, there are still conventions all over the place. Where, well, there you know, are things, have... like, things like Toronto Comic Arts Festival, which is uh, you know, almost strictly about independent artists. Right. But even, even things like New York Comic Con, Fan Expo Canada, uh, New, York, New York Comic Con, the entire uh, North building is dedicated to Artist Alley. Uh, Fan Expo Canada, they, they've done a great job for the last few years of, of handling their Artist Alley. And, uh, you know, I got my confirmation for this September's convention. I'm, you know, I'm really looking, I'm, my push right now is I'm getting ready for that. I, I, there's a couple of conventions. Some of the bigger conventions are still, you know, really good for uh, for artists. And that's what the kids need to know too. Is there are still a lot of conventions out there where you can just walk down aisles and aisles and aisles of incredible writers, incredible artists. Some names you'll know, most names you may not. But 
there's not a one of them who's not willing to sit and talk to you for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, especially, in, you know, you talk about uh, Artist Valley with a, with a, with a place like uh, with the Fan Expo conventions. Uh, you know, you get the outer ring of the professional and you get the inner aisles of, uh, of you know, like the independent artists and, 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 and fan artists. And, you know, if you open yourself up, don't ru- if you're attending a convention, don't rush through that section. No, you know, definitely. Take not. the time. Take the time to walk around, and and you're gonna you're gonna find things. You're gonna discover things that you you never knew you were interested in, and never knew you wanted, and 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 they're gonna be spectacular for you. And um, uh, and also while you're walking around those aisles, if you're in a costume, don't stop in front of my table because I'll give <laughs> you a broom. I swear I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say my table, my table is not a photo gallery. I'm gonna start hitting people with a broom. Good. <laughs> I'm 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 pro cosplayer. I'm I'm anti blocking customers. <laughs> it, it, it's a fine line that has to be drawn there. It really is. I, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've started to like to say um, the popular phrase now, and I'm absolutely for this. Cosplay is not consent. Let let these kids, you know, come in their costumes and have fun. But cosplay is also not an excuse to be a dick <laughs> just because you're just i don't you you probably took a lot of time getting your costume just right and i appreciate it and i'd love to see it but but you're there for a different we, reason well it's not just me it's not about it's not about just me it, it's everybody else there, there's a whole we just said you know some conventions you're getting up to 140,000 people yep. you're one of 140,000 please remember the community around you as well so, so Anthony, that's my, that's my old man thing to say for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So we got the Kickstarter running now, and you did mention to me before the show began, there's something you'd like to tease going on in the future. Okay, well, uh, the Kickstarter, uh, I, I get a few words in on that first. Uh, the Kickstarter is running right now. You can go to, I, uh, if you go to kickstarter.com, and I know you guys are going to have it on your website, you'll be able to we search are. for First Hero, first with a one instead of an I, because, you know, it's cool or something. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> makes branding. Um, uh, great rewards, including uh, digital copies of the book, trade paperbacks, special editions of the first issue of this series, a couple of chances to be in the book as a character, uh, script consultations. If you've ever wanted to write your own script, you want to bring an idea of your own from idea to script, uh, I'm willing to help you. Um, All of that in the Kickstarter. uh, You know, visit the page, find a level that you like and make a pledge because it helps get our book done and hopefully it in some cases, maybe it will help you get your book done down the road. Um, so that's going on right now all, all through. It's going to be going on all through the month of July. So please, please, please take a look and, 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 and send me some feedback and make a pledge. Um, on top of that, uh, later in the year, I'm going to start self-publishing under the banner of Aristocrats Comics. Uh, and uh, the aforementioned Lee Motors, uh, a part of that with me. Um, uh, there are, I have three books planned right now. Uh, two 
three issue miniseries and and a one shot after that. Um, the the first miniseries is likely going to be Heroes of Homeroom C, which is uh, about uh, two twin twelve year old superheroes who lose their powers and their parents send them back to public school. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, after that will be uh, Blood and Ashes, which is a post monster apocalypse western story. And uh, in uh, sometime next year, I'll be doing. Uh, I'm writing and going to be drawing for the first time a, a book of my own. I'm going to be doing a one shot called Forty Acres, which is a post Civil War story. Uh, if anybody knows the the, the phrase. 40 acres and a mule, it, it, it comes from uh, a, a decree, an order from uh, General Sherman uh, near the end of, of the Civil War um, as a way to, um, to homestead all of the, uh, the freed slaves that had been following his army on their march to the sea. And, uh, and in this decree, it was that they each be given 40 acres and a mule of all this captured land. And uh, some, uh, about 18,000 uh, families were actually given their land, and most of it was taken back um, between a year and, and two years later. So I'm going to be telling the story of, of one of those families. Um, but that's, I mean, that's all in the future, and that's, that's what Aristocrats Comics is going to do, try and bring uh, something slightly different to the table. Um, right now, Right now, it's all about the first hero for me, and and getting eyes on on volume three, uh, Wednesday's chat. So, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, we'll have all the links for you. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciated your time. And, hey, thank uh, you for having me on the show. This was great. Well, you know, we do what we can, and we can do it. The show, <laughs> the <laughs> it's called the first hero, Wednesday's child. <laughs> and uh, check it out on Kickstarter. Thanks so much for joining us, Anthony. Thank you very much, folks. Alrighty, Kriana, and now the news. So, do you have news, Dome? I have some news. Does anybody else have any news? Anything anybody else wants to talk about? Well, um, I didn't realize somehow that there was a sequel to Independence Day coming out this year. Oh, yeah. I heard about that, and I then intentionally forgot about it till you just said that. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I literally had blocked it from my mind because Here's the my first thing. one was so good, you definitely had to make a second one. Well, right, but... You yes. know my thing about bad but entertaining movies? Independence Day was not one of those. Yes, it was. Well, there were some there were some things about Independence Day that were campy and and, and fun, but Will fun. Smith wasn't a great in movie. the freaking saucer and he's spinning and he's like, "Wee!" If you want to watch Will Smith in an alien movie, we can watch Men in Black tonight. Can we really? <laughs> if you want. But just don't watch Men in Black. Depends too. how many weeks you want me to sing the song. <laughs> over and every over again. week, every week in your sleep. Independence yes. Day Resurgence, uh, on the other hand, uh, I, it, it's exactly what you would expect from a sequel, and that means bad. Aww. Awesome. 
Wow. It just is. I mean, and, and the- it also looks like it's trying to take itself seriously, and that is a problem. Well, that's a huge I problem because the first one didn't. You can't put Jeff Goldblum in a movie and expect it to be completely serious because it's just not his style. Hey, just but- remember, Earth Girls are easy when you think of Jeff Goldblum. That's all. Hmm. Um, the it the problem is that the genre of you know disaster movies epic disaster movies like that has has kind of matured in the past 20 years so i don't know i think i think it's just well, what it do was, you mean by that it's matured it's as in it's gotten better as in we expect more from it than we did before what i think so i think we do i think um i think that the massive amounts of you know, a, a alien spaceship explosions isn't enough to really keep our our interest anymore. But Michael and- Bay! <laughs> exactly. There's your point. Yes, Michael thank you. Bay. <laughs> I know. So, anyway. It was... Anywho. It, it, it was not... It did not meet expectations from people who have unrealistic expectations, which is pretty much what you can expect from all movies these days. Hmm. So. I, don't, I don't know how disappointed you want to be, but... You know, we we scream that we need new stuff. New stuff doesn't seem to be happening, and when it does happen, it's not terribly well received. Okay, and yet but, pe- but Independence Day is just another fucking sequel. It's not new stuff. Right, and I, let me finish the point. And then we get sequels like this, in, in which the first movie wasn't a classic in any sense of the word. Uh, yes, it was. It was a classic. Someone it's, has strong feelings about this. So. It's 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 classic disaster porn. It's, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's what it is. And then and, and you got a little bit of wit. like this sort of thing. It's classic. Wait, wait, wait. Here, here's a distinction we can give it that I hope I think everyone will agree with. It may not be classic, but it is iconic. Hmm. I. Don't. Because think about you know it, I have never that. actually seen all of Independence Day. I know the scene where they blow up the White House really well. Wait, 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 wait. Were you just giving me shit for saying it's not that good, but you've never actually seen it? I've never actually seen the whole thing. It was one of those. Can things- we can oh. we just marvel at that for a minute? No, you know, like when you watch movies. No, 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 no. At, I don't. I don't care if you if you like stuff. it or whatever. But you can't give me shit for saying that you don't like it when you haven't seen the whole movie. Okay, you know when you watch movies at slumber parties and like you end up seeing most of that it. That would imply that I ever went to a slumber party, so no. But you're spending most of your time running around and like, no, flinging things no, across do, the room. No. <laughs> well, then you're just missing out on so many levels. Well, you can take that up with my parents. No, you can't. Never mind. We're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> we are They're moving not- on because I just Googled Lisa Frank coloring pages and now I'm downloading all the things. <laughs> um, Not fair, but- Dome, because guess what? I have a set of Mr. Sketch markers right the fuck next to me. I'm sure you do. I'm not joking. I, I do. And-, and why is this part of why we're here. I don't know, but I'm well, happy. There's been a resurgence in, in the in the iPad world and the, the iPhone world of 
like adult comic books for your gear. No, not comic books. Coloring books. Coloring, coloring books. books. Excuse me. And not on your device, but actually physically. Well, I, I actually scan them and put them on my device because the Apple Pencil plus Procreate is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that weird? So, you know, I'm going through my, my it's weird, isn't tech it? pages. Yeah, it is kind of. No, weird, it's, just, okay. it's just there's not massive adoption of those tools no of course not but there should be they need to come down in price so that everyone can have one obviously so well, my, I, I, I just came across this thing and the headline jumps out at me break out the smelly markers markers lisa frank's coloring book for adults are coming and i, and I said to myself having raised two girls i am well aware of who lisa frank is <laughs> Two girls in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself, this is going to appeal to all of them once again. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> a thousand times. Yes. Speaking of, we have we may or may not have Mr. Sketch scented markers in our we house. We do. I just said they're right next to me, <laughs> literally right now. Okay, Kriana made fun of me for taking the cap off of the grape one and just sitting there smelling it for a while. It was way too long. It was not. You were what? nose fucking the marker. I was not. That's gross. Well, I agree. Put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> no, you do. We're doing it. We're earning serious creepage our money right now. Well, you know, the the other part of, of this week, aside from movies which came out and were less interesting than we would have liked um there's tons of stuff happening on on the small screen as well uh shows are getting renewed shows are finishing up their extended seasons give us the um, rundown java uh well i mean I, all i've heard today is <laughs> babies <laughs> orphan black which we just started watching has been renewed for a final fifth season um 12 hey, can monkeys. i say it's a brilliant idea that they're capping it at this season at yeah. the fifth season. We stopped well, watching that. They're right at the edge of just totally running out of anything relevant to do. We're, we're, we just started, and, and it's kind of intriguing, so we're going to keep watching. Um, yeah, yeah. But 13 Monkeys, or 12 Monkeys, sorry, um, which... Who cares we, about the exact number? We, there's just an <laughs> There's some monkeys! A uh, bunch of monkeys, could be a dozen, maybe more. The has been renewed for a third season. Uh, I stopped watching that after the first season. Um, some news about casting in Doctor Who a few weeks ago. Um, Game of Thrones finished up the, its its run this it past It did. Season. Did it get canceled? No, they've got two more seasons. God it. damn it. Well, they're probably going to do their seven-episode season trick where they yeah. split a season in half and do put it six-month I roll uh, hashtag lame. Um, ended really well, actually, as far as the the stories go. A couple things were revealed. You know, I'm not gonna. I won't go into it for spoilers if if people are um are concerned about that. But you Raise should watch. Raise your hand if you give a shit. Do you see any hands? I don't. Uh, it was it, it was a good ending. Though. It, it really was. And, I know and, that was my point. Dome. Good. You got it. I got it. You the, got it. The the. Past two seasons, which have been mediocre, have uh, have kind of been redeemed a little bit as they set up the um, the next fifteen episodes. Um, 
you know, when John Stewart left The Daily Show, all of his the people who were on that show went off to do their very different projects uh, um, on HBO, on other stations. Samantha B has her own show on TBS, and she brought in David Tennant to talk about Brexit as the Time Lord, and it was absolutely hilarious. I've got, I've got a link that we're going to publish to that clip, and it's David Tennant at his funniest. Oh, it's are we are we getting political? No, no, not at all. Oh, but okay. it was just hilarious. He was reading tweets of people responding to one of our presidential candidates congratulating Scotland on its exit from the EU, which what? was, in fact, dead wrong. Well, no, it's not dead wrong because Scotland is part of the United Kingdom, which is exiting the EU. But the irony there is that they voted not to leave the... The entirety of Scotland voted not to leave, no, right? No, it, it's actually more ironic than that. Scotland had their referendum to leave Great Britain. And the reason that they stayed... Yes. ...primarily <laughs> was because Great Britain is already in the EU. So they're feeling majorly fucked right now. As they should. Once so anyhow, again, I'm providing England. the link to the Time Lord discussing tweets after the EU vote, and it's just absolutely two minutes of play. You might hear my printer in a second, just to okay. it. We'll pretend we didn't hear that. Okay. It's definitely not Lisa Frank coloring pages. <laughs> That's just pathetic. Why? Can, can I say... Um, like was, you wouldn't it, print out She-Hulk coloring pages. You okay, would. definitely would. You would. No, but I'd so also shut up. I'd scan them in, and I'd be I'd be working on them on the iPad. But that's all. There you go. There you go. Leave now, Javi, you saw the movie The Martian, right? I did. It was pretty great. Okay. Did you read the book before? I or saw after? it last week. Was it pretty great? It was good. It was so much funnier than I expected. The book is, it, it's not as funny as the book, but it's still pretty funny. Yeah. I will say Matt Damon is a lot of things, but one of the things he does really well is unexpectedly funny. Yes. Because so you look at his face and you think, that guy's not funny. That guy's a douche. But he's funny because he's <laughs> And then you're like, oh my God, this is hilarious. He's still a douche. Yeah, but okay, he's though. funny too. So yeah, this week, the... Special edition, extended version, DVD of The Martian came out. Now, this extended edition, a deluxe version, actually only adds an additional 12 to 13 minutes to the film itself. And then there's another hour or two of, quote, special features, air quotes, unquote. And uh, is... Why are we doing this? If this is so much better than the theatrical version was, why isn't this the goddamn theatrical version? Um, because then they can make you buy it twice. There are lots of reasons why there things get cut for movies, but, I mean... I mean, I am just... It could be... 
Kriana, you're absolutely right in that 99% of it is a monetary issue. Why sell, why sell a DVD? Well, that's one monetary issue. The other ones are definitely also monetary issues, but they're different ones. But I, I'm just frustrated as hell by this friend of mine at work, whom shall remain nameless, when Batman v Superman came out. And he asked me, he's, wasn't it cool? I said, no, it sucked. He says, oh, wait till the DVD comes out. It'll be so much better then. And I'm thinking to myself, why will I care? And I mean, everybody's saying, yes, the DVDs. Thank you, Kriana. You're welcome. So, I mean, it's just another unfortunate money-grubbing ploy by the movie studios to make you pay for the same thing two, three, four, five, six times by the time you're done. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's it? Okay, good. Well, I mean, what? Same uh, shit, different day. This has been happening for decades at this point. But it's really gotten out of hand. No, it hasn't. It's continued to be out of hand for the past several decades. You just realized it. It's been out of hand. This is the same shit that they've been pulling. Buy the DVD, then buy the Blu-ray, then buy the downloadable version. Welcome to the conversation. Jesus Christ almighty, this is ridiculous. I just found a light-up paper flower kit on Kickstarter. I don't know why that's a thing. Me neither. Are we thoroughly pissed off now? (laughs) I didn't even do it this time. It's all your own fault. I guess I did it this time. Hmm. My shit's not printing. Damn it, Lisa Frank! (laughs) Uh, Star Wars, I don't know. There's lots of movie news. There's lots of television news. There's nothing that's really exciting. Well, Uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of exciting is the Mystery Science Theater uh, reunion, uh, live reunion of the the cast members in, uh, in a beginning move towards shooting the new... 13-episode season uh, was supposedly a rousing success by everybody who saw it, which I think is amazing that that we could bring that show back to the way it was, which was more giggle fun per hour than any other show I've ever seen. And nobody else cares about that? Nope. Not really. (laughs) Never found it that amusing, honestly. I appreciate well, that you do. That'll be another old people's thing, then. I guess so. I guess so. It's uh, fine. I suppose. So. I, I mean, yes, Mr. Science Theater is around again, and it's good. Yay. Yay. I, I think it's great. I, I think it's great that, it, you know... Uh, a community, fan community can have that kind of impact, um, but I don't. Until I get to see it, I don't really care. Well, hopefully, you'll get to see it soon. That's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, guys, where are we at? Is there anything else we want to deal with tonight? Oh, my printer's working. <laughs> I, I'm live streaming printing coloring pages. You know it's an exciting news day. So, yeah, Kriana's going to be leaving soon <laughs> to get her smelly markers out. I, no, I got them. I don't need to leave. <laughs> I'm good. I could stay here for hours. Alright, here's, uh -huh. here's the first one. What is it? Let's see. It is a kitty with a hibiscus flower and a palm tree. I guess it's like Desert Isle Kitty. Alright. You're gonna be purple. <laughs> <sighs> Exciting. I think the flower is gonna be bright yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Kriana, we're gonna have to have you uh, post them on the website. <laughs> you can try. It's not Oh, we will. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, sniffy. <laughs> it's the grape one. <laughs> you always like the grape one. No, Zombrian likes the grape one. No, you always like the grape one. No, I like the blue one or the green one. The green apple one is really yummy smelling. The black one is gross, though, guys. Yeah, no just one, so you know it. No one likes that one. Why do you make it, Mr. Mm -hmm. Sketch? Hey, can I... Uh, just uh, a quick You're shout out to, so go for, for it. Uh, Stacey L. I did, who uh, has <laughs> uh, posted her, her uh, second blog post uh, on our website, Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and it's presenting uh, one of our one of her writers that she knows that she'd like to get us to read, and it's a lot of fun. And I also want to thank Shelley Atomic knows for the writers? stuff she does. Uh, Shelly Atomic for the stuff she's been writing about anime, which is also interesting and fun and somehow kitty-rific. Thanks both, guys. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, reading your stuff. But now we're and, having you killed. That's what it sounded like, just that. Well, we're, we're not actually having them killed. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so, like Kriana, who, yes. who's coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks? I have no idea, weeks? because... Shall I, I tell you? I didn't know I was doing that, but I'm coloring this kitty purple, goddammit! So, run the music and I'll I tell am. you. I am. I just did. Can you not hear it? Coming up on the 16th of this month, it's Sarah Richard, guys. She's going to catch us up on what it's been like with the big stone idols and, and going away to islands and doing stuff and coming to Boston Comic Con. That's the only thing we have big thus far. Big stone idols? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the island that she went to visit. Which is? I don't remember. I just remember it's an idol. Big stone idols on the island. It's Easter Island, maybe? Oh! Oh! Okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> wow, that was confusing till just now. Sorry. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Northeast Comic Con, booksandbooze.com. In New Hampshire, visit Mary Mac Comics and visit ComicArtHouse.com for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations on RobWattsOnline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. I want to thank Anthony Rutgazer for joining us tonight. Interesting stuff. Check out the Kickstarter. We'll link you up for it. Many thanks to the gang from the Act in Action Time Warp, the sweethearts of the soundboard, Brianna, and the woman of Word Zombrian. Thank you so much, ladies. Yep, just uh, tell Jamal we said hi, Anthony. 
back from the shadows, which means six more weeks of con season. Thanks, Java. Tonight's game is uh, Watch Dogs. Ooh. Duly noted. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. And Sniffy Mark. Oh, I know.